uh, if I have a chance, I am going to try to avoid products that come from the United States. I'm not going to travel to the United States and I'm not going to buy any clothing that comes from the United States. With a NAFTA agreement unresolved, some Canadians have said they plan to boycott U.S. goods. But NAFTA isn't the only reason why the act of boycotting is on our radar. I'm Nikki Reitmeyer, and this is Why. Back in the early 90s, our relationship with the U.S. was pretty good. In 1992, Prime Minister Brian Mulroney signed NAFTA, along with U.S. President Bush Sr. and the President of Mexico. That was the creation of the North American Free Trade Agreement. President Bush met today with the leaders of Canada and Mexico to share their views on the new North American Free Trade Agreement. They gathered in San Antonio, Texas and looked on as trade negotiators initialed the 2,000-page document. Work on the trade pact was completed back in August. The deal would take effect in 1994, pending approval by the legislatures of all three countries. Trade representatives say this arrangement would create the world's largest and strongest trading bloc, covering 360 million people. Coming next on C-SPAN, we take you to San Antonio for today's ceremony. Our coverage begins with the remarks of President Bush. Please be seated. And may I start off by saluting President Salinas and Prime Minister Mulroney. Welcome to the city of San Antonio. President Bush. Well, I think you and I have been through some of this before. And I think that I can say quite clearly, uh, Mr. President, that without your persuasive leadership in the implementation of the Canada-United States Free Trade Agreement almost four years ago now, we would today have no free trade agreement upon which to build this remarkable day here today. But a lot has changed between then and now. I'm going to tell our NAFTA partners that I intend to immediately renegotiate the terms of that agreement to get a better deal by a lot, not just a little, by a lot for our workers. Even during his election campaign, now President Donald Trump vowed to renegotiate NAFTA or just scrap it altogether. What resulted was a trade breakdown between the three nations. America through the first blow, slapping tariffs on Canadian steel and aluminum in the midst of NAFTA renegotiations. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau condemned President Trump's tariff decision. It would be with regret, but it would be with absolute certainty and firmness that we move forward with retaliatory measures. U.S. President Donald Trump has threatened to impose tariffs up to 25% on all cars and auto parts imported to America from foreign countries, including Canada. I mean, actually, in some countries, including Canada, attacks on cars would be the ruination of the country. That's how big it is. It would be the ruination of the country. Now to Trump's latest shot at Canada. While he was speaking to business leaders in Washington today, he went off on a bit of a tangent about trade and he accused Canada of being a nation of shoe smugglers. The tariffs to get common items back into Canada are so high that they have to smuggle them in. They buy shoes and they wear them. They scuff them up. 
In Washington, Canadian negotiators are still talking with their American counterparts, trying to reach a NAFTA deal. Christia Freeland headed back to Washington today as they're still trying to hammer out some sort of NAFTA renegotiation. Now, the two main sticking points seem to be dairy tariffs and the resolution clause. Canada's negotiating team has failed to sign a trade deal with the U.S. We're continuing to work very hard and we are making progress. We're not there yet. Eventually, U.S. and Mexico came to a deal. Hello, everybody. But Canada was shut out. It's a big day for trade, big day for our country. A lot of people thought we'd never get here. So we wanted to find out how Canadians felt about this impasse, President Trump's stubborn stance, and our inability to find common ground with the U.S. If the American government is going to be tough on trade, will you boycott U.S. goods in retaliation? decided that we don't want to spend any money going to the States, so we're traveling in our own country, Canada. I just don't want to support what's going on there. I want to support the people, but they're economic. And because of all the tariffs that he's trying to put on to Canada, I don't agree with it. I think it's crazy. I would say no. I mean, I get people aren't happy with Trump and everything that's going on with him. And yeah, granted, the guy's not exactly like gentle in dealing with people but the services and all of that stuff doesn't come up from him it comes from other people and other people trying to make like uh, a living and by boycotting that you damage them more and they may not they may share the same ideals as you so i feel it's not really fair some stuff yes if you could get it anywhere else yeah if you get from uh, from somewhere else then it'd be fine i'd rather buy canadian <laughs> no just no. because of the history of the trade of, of the country and Donald Trump will be gone before we know it. At this point, no, it hasn't affected my spending. I haven't seen the the price increase. Uh, kind of a wait and see. Yeah, yeah. I might stick it to him. <laughs> right now, not yet. But uh, if his action keeps on being so aggressive against Canada, I think I will. No, in fact, well, we just got back from Vegas, so that what does that tell you? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> A company called Research Co. did a survey asking Canadians that very question. Will you avoid buying U.S. products because of the trade dispute? For more info, I called up Mario Canseco. Hello. Hi, Mario. It's Nikki. How are you? Good. I was calling you. He's the president of Research Co. So I find it so interesting, this idea that because of what's been happening with NAFTA, or I can assume because of what's happening with NAFTA, that Canadians are saying that to some degree we're ready to boycott American products. Is there really that many Canadians who are behind this movement? Well, there's definitely a little bit of a shift going on here in BC particularly. When I was asking about the possibility of Trump becoming president a couple of years ago, we didn't see a lot of Canadians who were happy with the idea, aside from a couple of pockets of support in Alberta and in Ontario, uh, which is essentially those groups who are always saying, well, it's time for somebody new and it's time for somebody to change the way politics works. We always saw a higher level of animosity towards Trump. And I think that has increased dramatically because of his actions as president, particularly when it comes to NAFTA. And I think that's one of the reasons for uh, the fact that we have so many who are saying, uh, if I have a chance, I am going to try to avoid products that come from the United States. I'm not going to travel to the United States and I'm not going to buy any clothing that comes from the United States. I wonder if there was a 
different president at the helm, a more likable president. Let's say, you know, Barack Obama is still a president of the United States of America, but we were still having major NAFTA issues and trade issues. Would the reaction from Canadians be the same? I think it would be substantially different. You know, one of the situations that we've had, particularly over the past few decades with the U.S., is there's never been a scenario where ideologically the president and the prime minister have been close to each other. We would have to go back to Mulroney and Reagan. You know, you had a Republican president, conservative prime minister. They got along very well. There was this sense of a great relationship between the two countries. But Usually it's been having a Democrat in the White House and a conservative in, in, in Ottawa. And now we have the other situation, which is a Republican in the White House and a liberal in Ottawa. So there's this tendency to have a situation where you're not really dealing with things very well. And Republican presidents have uh, consistently been unpopular here in Canada. We saw a much higher level of, uh, of support uh, for Obama in the latter years of the Clinton administration in the late 90s as well. Uh, we never saw those numbers for George W. Bush, and we're certainly not seeing them for Donald Trump. So the notion of this parallel universe where Hillary Clinton is the president uh, probably would have a situation where even if you're having all of these NAFTA discussions, the level of animosity is not as high as we see for Donald Trump. So Canadians by boycotting American products are really boycotting the Republican Party or, to put a face on that, they're boycotting Donald Trump. It's more about Trump than anything else. And and I think we saw a little bit of that earlier this year, uh, just asking about specific things that you could do uh, to avoid products that were branded Trump. And we did see a a high level of uh, reaction from the B.C. residents, particularly, who said, I don't want to buy anything that has the Trump name. But now it's 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 deeper than that. You know, he is the head of state of the country. There's a lot of discussions about what is going to be happening. It started right after the summit and the things that he was saying about Justin Trudeau. And, and now it has continued because of the discussions related to NAFTA. Um, so there's definitely a situation there that should worry, particularly tourism operators. What kind of products are Canadians saying that, you know, we're going to boycott? Well, it's an interesting situation, particularly when it comes to generations, uh, because we do see that there's, uh, for instance, 25 percent who say they've changed the brand of food they usually purchase to avoid buying from U.S. producers. But it's higher among 55 and over. So if you're a baby boomer, you're more likely to be taking a second look at your condiments, at the things that you buy at the store and trying to buy from somebody who's not American based. Uh, there's a change for millennials. You know, they're more likely to say that they've changed the brand of clothing that they usually purchase to avoid buying from U.S. retailers. The average is 19%. Among millennials, it's 25%. Now, millennials buy more clothing, definitely more than what we see for Generation Xers and baby boomers. So that could also mean uh, certain difficulty uh, um, for those American retailers. There's a change there that is definitely related um, to what is happening politically. You know, we, we don't have the... The, the situation that we used to have with the dollar uh, in Canada not being as valuable as the dollar in the United States. So there's no real economic pressure now to take these decisions. It's, it's something that is happening only because of the political ramifications of who is in the White House. Mario, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Anytime. Coming up later in this episode, we discuss another boycott that's been making headlines. But the Canadian boycott of NAFTA goods 
is not the only boycott happening right now in the news. Nor is this the first time in Canadian history that something's been boycotted. For a broader perspective, I spoke to Christo Avalis, a professor of Canadian political and labor history at Queen's University. You know, generally what happens is that Canadian-American relations go through waves. I mean, generally the relationship's been positive for most of history, but, you know, there have been times where it's been negative. I mean, in recent years, it was quite positive because uh, most Canadians generally had at least a neutral or positive view of President Obama. Um, but, but with the kind of rise of Trump, uh, a lot more Canadians are more negative about the United States, about, the po- about its domestic policies and about how it's relating to Canada. So, you know, uh, it kind of leads to this tension, I guess, where you know, we do a lot of business and trade with, with uh, uh, the United States, yet um, there, there is a desire to kind of exact some kind of political pressure. And one of the ways you can do that is through a boycott. So if you look back to the 70s, there was you know, a lot of animosity towards the United States. I don't know if it ever organized in boycotts, but, you know, there was a lot of animosity uh, culturally to the, the Yankees coming and taking our oil and, and, you know, the song American Woman and all this. And we're seeing a bit of a revival of that right now with Trump. What would, in general, inspire someone to boycott something, whether or not it's the United States and their products or, you know, a store down the street, what inspires boycotts? Well, it depends. I mean, generally, it's a perception that, you know, the business or country or organization or what have you that you're boycotting is doing something you disagree with. And there's a sense that either it's morally objectionable for you to continue patronizing that business, or you feel that your your lack of purchasing, your boycott, your participation in a boycott will exert enough pressure on that organization for it to change. So, for instance, perhaps you feel that the you know the Colin Kaepernick issue that's happening with Nike right now, if you feel that they've made a mistake in hiring kind of Colin Kaepernick as their spokesperson, you can uh, at least hypothetically try to launch a boycott with the hope that they will change their mind, or at least with the case that you'll be sending a, a kind of signal that people who, who take a certain value stance that you're opposed to, and that people like you are opposed to, that they'll face economic consequences. Nike is putting Colin Kaepernick back in the spotlight. The former quarterback was the first in the NFL to kneel in protest against racism. Now Nike has added him to a lineup of athletes to feature in a new ad campaign to mark the 30th anniversary of its Just Do It slogan. Right, let's dive into that issue a little bit more actually because it seems like Nike is no stranger to the boycott. I mean, not that long ago, people were talking about boycotting Nike products because of their use of child labor and sweatshops and that was sort of this moral boycott and now the new boycott they're going through seems to be a bit more political. Yeah, no, certainly. I mean, a lot of people are talking about it and there's a certain, you know, because I think the broad kind of center is maybe pro is pro Nike on this case whereas the conservative wing of society is is perhaps anti Nike because they don't like Kaepernick and what he stands for, but I think a lot on the left are saying, you know, what's happening to Kaepernick in the NFL is is disgraceful, but this is being used to paper over, um, you know, serious labor rights abuses uh, around the world by Nike. But I think at this point, this is this is a, also a calculation because in cases like Nike's and this kind of a boycott, 
you're you're making a calculation of the fact that you know by making this nakedly political stance, and it is a political stance, and, and I don't use that in a negative connotation, but it's a political move. You're banking on the fact that more people will buy your products out of compulsion now to support that political vision than will stop buying it because you've made that decision. In essence, um, it, the opposite of a boycott, where people who would not buy your products before will buy them now because you took that stance. Right. And I've also heard, too, that Nike is benefiting because of all of the chatter that's going on with them right now. You know, people are calling for a Nike boycott. But meanwhile, everyone's talking about them and they're basically getting all this free advertising. Yeah, that goes to the idea of like all publicity is good publicity. And I mean, I'm, you could probably speak to scholars of marketing who have done research on that and they could actually tell you if that's true or not. But I guess from my perspective as an observer at least is that uh, in this case it is helping them. And I think part of the reason is that um, you know they've positioned themselves against an unpopular president and, and a lot of the people that support that president. And that guy did win the election, but his popularity rating is far below 50%, and he won that election without winning the popular vote. So by positioning yourself as a company and basically in a sense – this is not only a criticism of the NFL, but because Trump has inserted himself into this debate, it's basically Nike taking an anti-Trump stance. I think they benefit from the fact that the majority of people kind of around the world are anti-Trump. So it's really a kind of beneficial decision for them to make. So do boycotts then ever work or is the rule that any publicity is good publicity generally true for these types of businesses? Or do we actually see boycotts working in history? I mean, you know, from a, from a labor perspective, you know, the boycott has often accompanied things like the strike or lockout, and it can have an effect. You know, uh, unionized workers and their allies would would you know patronize businesses that that were unionized and would often avoid ones that weren't, and especially ones that were locking out workers or that were, where workers were on strike or companies that were you know trying to impede workers' right to form a union and bargain collectively. And, you know, those pressures can have can have significant effects and and have won reforms. And going into the past, consumer rights advocates have often uh, used forms of consumer advocacy, not just, you know, government lobbying, but but, you know, proactive consumer decisions to force changes. And I think in that sense, they, they can have the effect. Um, but it's difficult to say sometimes because, um, you know, is it the boycott in general, a specific action of boycotting? Or is it general consumer distaste with a change? Uh, and and that's it's not so much a guided process. So if we move now up to what Canada's relationship is between the U.S., sort of a different type of boycott, why are Canadians saying that they want to boycott American goods? Well, they're saying that because there's a sense right now that the United States is – uh, attacking Canada, that they're asking for concessions in trade without really willing to give up anything. But I think that combined with a sense that Trump has kind of insulted Canada, he's personally been attacking Trudeau kind of behind the scenes. So I think there's a sense that Canadians are angry on a personal level and feel that there needs to be some kind of action to boycott the United States. And it's not a total boycott, of course, but a lot of the surveys have shown that certain kinds of decisions are being made by Canadians, even if this doesn't have an effect uh, in terms of you know, actually influencing you know, the ultimate course of NAFTA. 
it's something that people can do so they feel they have control over the scenario and something that they can do so they can signal to people that like you we're not happy with the status quo. Right, because I wonder if the boycott of American goods that some Canadians are participating in right now will actually have an effect at all on the U.S. economy or if it's just a total drop in the bucket. So it seems like people are doing this more so to satisfy themselves on some kind of psychological level to say, you know, I won't participate in this because I don't believe in it. Whether or not that actually has any type of effect is a different matter altogether. Yeah. I mean, I would say that, you know, it's tricky to say right now. I think in general, of course, the American economy dwarfs ours uh, quite substantially. It's the biggest economy in the world. And Canada has a large economy for its population, but, but it's small fries compared to the United States. And it's the case that while some U.S. states aren't really that connected to Canada, a lot of northern states actually do depend on Canadian trade quite heavily. And what could be a, a bit of a, a wild card here is some of these border states or relatively close states like Ohio and Michigan were key Trump states in the Electoral College. And if there is a sense that Trump is angering the United States and if a boycott does have an effect, it would be in a likely in a regionalized one. Christo, that was so interesting. Thank you so much for chatting with me. Thanks for having me. As of mid-September, Canada received almost $300 million in duties due to the retaliatory tariffs that we imposed on U.S. goods. But if Trump pursues auto tariffs, our prime minister has said the results would be devastating to the Canadian economy. Both sides are still working to find a NAFTA resolution. This Is Why is produced by John O'Dowd and me, Nikki Reitmeyer. You can find us on Twitter at This Is Why or contact us via email. This is why at CuriousCast.ca. This Is Why is a radio show and a podcast. You can find us online so that you never miss an episode. Subscribe to the podcast for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And that's where you can also give us a rating and review. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. And while you're subscribing to This Is Why, check out the new podcast from Curious Cast called When Life Gives You Parkinson's. It's the true story of one man's journey with an incurable disease. Join Larry Gifford as he learns about research, talks to experts, and meets inspiring individuals in the Parkinson's community. When Life Gives You Parkinson's is available now.